along. And I love, I love that the Holy Spirit is already here. He's been waiting on us. And I just want to honor him by starting on time. And when we honor him, he honors us. And so he clearly speaks to us when we start on time and we give him our, our all, our full attention. And that's what we're ready to do. Amen. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to bless the food and then give you all some, some um, direction. Okay. Oh, Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful that you've been waiting on us. You've been waiting on us. And, Lord, we come hungry tonight. We're ready to hear from you. We sit at your feet. <laughs> We're doing the needful thing, Lord. We're sitting at your feet, Lord. We want to hear from you. We hunger for you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit has brought the anointing. The anointing is here at a higher level, and it's ready to do its work in our lives. Oh, I thank you, Father. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for these ladies that have taken the time to be here, Father. I pray just an extra blessing on them and their families, especially their families that are at home, Lord, without them. They can function. They can do this for one night. So, Lord, I pray that you bless our time and bless our food. I pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The men are going to make it. It's going to be okay. All right? Your kids are going to live. They'll be all right, I promise. Um, directions on getting our food. We're going to go out that door. You see our lovely ladies that way. And then you'll go around, get your food, and come on in and here. And then while you're eating, I want you all should have gotten a prayer card. You do not have to put your name on it. You don't have to. You can put your initials or you can put a smiley face. It doesn't matter. But I do want you to put a prayer request because we're going to collect them after everybody eats. We're going to collect them. And then before you leave tonight, you're going to get one, not yours. You're going to get someone else's. And you're going to be praying for that lady, okay? You're going to be praying for that person until the next time we get together, okay? And you get another card, all right? All right, so y'all are ready to dismiss to go and get your food. We're also going to have some icebreaker questions while you're eating, so be ready for that. We can multitask. We could do this. <laughs> you to love us anymore, and there's nothing that we can do that could cause you to love us any less, and we're so thankful. Oh, we receive your love tonight, Lord. We receive it, Lord. We receive it, Lord. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to say, God loves me. You know, a lot of times it's easy to tell somebody else how much God loves them. But we have to receive it for ourselves. Say it again. Say, God loves me. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. 
There's healing in that. There is healing in that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Hallelujah. Y'all may be seated. I want to thank Ashley and Caesar for tonight for their helping us in worship. That was awesome. Give them a hand. Thank you, Lord. And then I just want to, I want to recognize all our ladies, our ladies that are part of the leadership. If y'all will just wave, I want to just thank y'all for putting this all together, for planning, preparing, everything they did. Hallelujah. And most of the pearls that you see are my daughters. Where's Andy? Where did she go? There she is. <laughs> and I will talk about these pearls. Tonight our theme is obviously pearls and these are rubies, and it's not your Aunt Ruby, but this Ruby right here. So, you know, I've been, we're, we're, we're going over this book. This is Lindsay Roberts' book, Discover Your True Worth, but we're calling this our journey, okay? We're on a journey towards discovering our worth, okay? Because it is a journey, isn't it? Understanding how much God loves us. And um, so if you don't have this book, I think we have it in in our bookstore, but you don't have to buy it, Um, but it's up to you. It is really a good book. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how this all got started. I was um, reading a different book. I know, I love to read, you guys. This is, um, it's called A Lineage of Grace. I dropped it, a cough drop. Um, and I got to, this is about some women in the Bible that are unconventional. Lindsay Roberts talks about unconventional and what that means. That means not normal. How many of y'all know normal is like the setting on your dryer? You know, <laughs> it's not, that, it doesn't mean anything at all. There's no such thing as normal or what the world would say is normal. We know that God uses the unperfect, right? How many of y'all are unperfect? All of us. We're all imperfect. In fact, the Bible says that there's only one that is perfect, and that's Jesus, right? So I don't know why women struggle and want to be. I mean, we, okay, the reason I've got clocks, watches, and mirrors because I wanted to re- us to remember this. I wanted me to remember this, actually. We spend so much time trying to perfect things, don't we? Don't we? We do. We do. I don't know if you're anything like me, but it's like you walk into a room and you're like, oh, my gosh, that square over there is crooked. And so we, and it is. It literally is. But... And I don't know, you can call that just being critical or whatever, but we, you know, we, we spend so much time trying to perfect our lip liner, and I'm talking to myself, you know, and you have to magnify, you know, to see everything when you get older. This is, a, this is not magnified. I have one where I can actually see, like, my brain through my pores. I really can. But you know what that, you know what that says about us? 
Well, we, number one, that we try to, we, we spend a lot of time trying to perfect things that we don't need to perfect and fix things, you know, that we don't need to instead of taking care of the things that we should. And what that says more than anything is that because we can't fix something on the inside, we're constantly trying to fix something on the outside. Now, I don't have a problem with being excellent. We all want to be excellent. In fact, the Bible talks about Daniel, that Daniel had an excellent spirit, and that means doing the best that you can to your ability, right? The best that you can. Um, but expecting perfection, you guys, is, is a waste of time, and, and it'll never happen. And the devil will want us to continue to spend our time trying to perfect ourselves and perfect others, and we lose sight of what our worth is and who our worth is, and our worth is in him. Um, I was telling Jenny, see, this paper is bothering me, so I have to pick it up. Um, I was telling Jenny, I've been asking the Lord the why. I know that this, I knew that this is what we were supposed to do. We're supposed to talk about discovering our true worth, and we're on this journey. And I think I, did I tell you that last night? Was it last night? Yes. God told me today the why. Because a lot of, I mean, we're like kids. I'm like a child. I, I want to know why. Do you all want to know why? It's like, why, why, God? Why are you teaching me this? Why do I need to learn this? Why do I need to learn my worth? You know what? It's okay. I'm not bothering anybody if I don't know my worth. If I just, you know what I'm saying? And I apologize for this cough drop, but my throat is scratchy. So I don't want to be coughing all over the place. So why does God want us? on this journey. You know what he said? He wants us free. Amen. That's easy. Amen. He wants us free. Free, free, free flowing. Free is fun. How many of you know free is fun? Free is fun. Free is loud. Free is loud. Um, that little girl, I just can't get over that. There's a little girl on, I don't know, on reels, is that it? Anyway, she's hilarious, and she's free. Children are free. Can you remember when you were a little girl? You just, you twirled, you danced, you, you know, just free, fancy free. Free like a child, trusting, believing, expecting, forgiving, and forgetting, allowing do-overs. Do y'all remember do-overs? For others and yourself. That's what God said. I want you free. Free like a child able to trust and believe and expect and forgive and forget. That means allowing do-overs for others and self. And I was looking back in my notes, in my journals. I've got a bajillion of them because I love to take notes because I don't want to forget anything and I want to remember everything that God's telling me. And I opened this up and, and this was when Rodney Howard Brown was here and he said, I'm purifying my bride, that God said. And we know that a pure heart does not mean a perfect heart. If you were listening and you took notes, I think it was last Sunday, Pastor talked about what a pure heart is, and it's where God can constantly flow in and out. It doesn't mean perfect. But God is purifying his bride. He wants a pure heart he can work through. Not perfect, but humble. A repentant heart. A continually repentant heart. Continually turning towards him. So would you say that that's a good reason to stay on this journey and get on this journey with me? Would you say that's a good reason? Don't you want to be free? I want to be free. 
Um, <laughs> yes, and singing. Kids sing. They sing everything. They just hum and they sing. Um, amen. We bring our mess to the feet of Jesus tonight. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Um, I was reading in John 4, 23, 24 in the Amplified, and it says, the hour cometh, and it's, it's right now. It says, when true worshipers shall worship in spirit and in truth. That's what it says, in spirit and in truth. And then God says, and he's looking for true worshipers. He's looking for true. I want, I want to be that true worshiper. But let me tell you what spirit and in truth means because as I was praying, I wrote down, God, I bring my mess to you tonight. Or like a broken vessel, I bring the pieces of the clay to be remade and restored, to be made better than before. Because that's what God is in the... How, how many of y'all know that's what God is in the business of doing? He restores us. He makes us better than before. I want to be his vessel. That word, in truth, means sincera. And those of y'all who are Spanish or Hispanic know that it means sincera. And sera is a word for wax. So what they, I don't have a vessel. Um, if you can imagine a vase, what they used to do, they would go to the marketplace and they would make these vases, the pottery, and accidentally it would get broken, right? You know, how many, it's happened, right? It falls. You pick it up and what they would do is they would melt wax to fill in the cracks. And then they'd repaint it and then they would sell it for the same price as the one that doesn't have cracks, right? And you take it home and you're like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And you go and you put your water in it and before you know it, it starts seeping out, right? So in truth means all of me, nothing hidden, not concealing anything. And he wants us to be true worshipers. He's looking for true worshipers. And so what a lot of us will do, we're broken. We've got some brokenness inside, and we, we do good. Lipstick and makeup, I mean, pretty good, like, you know, can hide a lot. And sometimes I think the more we put on, the more we're trying to hide. So... <clears throat> not going to say anything about that. But I, you know what? Makeup is good. You need to wear it. Some of y'all really, I mean, you, it makes you feel good. <laughs> I had a grandmother and a mother and aunts and cousins that, I mean, especially my grandmother, you'd walk in the room and she's like, where's your lipstick? You're going somewhere without your lipstick? You're not going anywhere without your lipstick. Go brush your hair. Go, you, you need to look presentable. So, yeah, you, you got to, my sister's over there. She knows. Yeah, I do. I say that too. It's like you need to look presentable. So I'm all about that. That's okay. But not hiding from God, okay? I'm talking about a sincere heart, a heart that is not concealing anything from him. And then in spirit, that means from the center of who we are, okay? He'll take our brokenness. He'll take our brokenness and he will change it. He's the only one that can. It's amazing how the most amazing women, and I look out here, and y'all are amazing. I know some of y'all. I know some of your stories, the things that you've come through. And you're extraordinary, and it's because of who's on the inside of you. But I've heard so many women talk about themselves, and they talk about themselves, and they'll say, I'm broken, I'm wounded, I'm damaged. I feel like a punching bag. 
I'm depressed. I feel like a joke. I'm worthless. And you may not say it out loud, but I know a lot of women that say it on the inside. And that's just what you're thinking about on the inside. Now, the physical on the outside, we start to say stuff like, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too tall, I'm too light, I'm too dark, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too poor, I'm too rich, I'm, I can't speak well, I can't run well. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I know, I know everybody's looking at me, I know we've all said it. We all have. I was the last, I was never picked. <laughs> I can tell you that. I mean, honestly, not ever picked during recess whenever you pick teams. It was like, I mean, and I have two legs. I do, and two feet. And so, and I have two eyes. I don't know why I just didn't get picked because I didn't run fast. I didn't, whatever. But you know what? Children take that inside. And they think about that, right? And so you grow up feeling like, oh, I'm just this, or I'm just that. I'm just a woman, or I'm not tall enough. I'm just short. I'm, you know, and I'm, you know, everyone overlooks you and ignores you. Has anybody ever felt that way? Ever? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not the only one. But you know what? The Word is what changes everything. Amen? Going to the Word. In January, when I started praying about this, when we sat down and, and <clears throat> leadership said, we're having a ladies' meeting on this day and on this day. And it's like, okay. Um, the Lord gave me a word, and he said, very simple. I don't get these humongous words. But he said, follow closely. That's what he said, follow closely. So I'm going to talk to you about following closely. Follow means don't stop. If you're following something, you, you're not, you don't stop. I followed, and now I am following, okay? It means continuing to pursue him closely so that you're able to see and discover your true value. When you follow closely, you're going to see who you really are in him. And this has been a journey. This has been a journey for me. Um, I read this book out of obedience, and I'm going to tell you, one of the, this is about um, Tamar, this is about Rahab, this is about Mary, this is about Ruth, and it's about Bathsheba. And I finished reading about Bathsheba, and my Addie, my granddaughter, her and I love when she was living with me, or at when they were living with me. Her and I loved to go into Proverbs. How many of y'all love Proverbs? I love Proverbs. Oh my gosh. A man has joy in making an appropriate answer and word spoken at the right moment. How good is it? He says better is little. I mean, just everything. It's so good, right? So we love Proverbs. And I love Psalms. Don't you love the Psalms? Don't you love it? I mean, David, hello. It's like, you know, search me, oh God. You know, if there's anything wicked on the inside of me, just change me. And he talks about the word being a lamp and a light to his feet. I love those two books. So I'm reading about Bathsheba. And um, I finished reading about her. I'm not going to tell you about the whole story. Um, because this, obviously, there's not a whole lot in the Bible about Bathsheba. I'm going to tell you what the Bible does say about her. 
But um, this is kind of like a, it's what could have happened, you know? And um, so I get done reading about Bathsheba, and all of a sudden I go to Proverbs 31. Let's go there. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Proverbs 31 is the last book of Proverbs, and I didn't like to read it because I honestly, I'm like, mm, I can't, no, not me, can't do it. But you know what? I, I started to read it, and I read the top, and I, in the first, it says, the words of Lemuel, king of Massa, Massa which, is, which his mother taught him. Well, you know, who wrote, who wrote Proverbs? Solomon, King Solomon. So when I, I was reading about Bathsheba, I didn't put it together. I never, I hadn't put it together. Bathsheba's son is King Solomon. Bathsheba. What? Bathsheba who bathed outside on her porch naked. That Bathsheba? The one that King David saw and said, hmm, she's going to come to my house tonight. That Bathsheba, the one that, I mean, made a name for herself, right? Not a very good name, a very bad name. And she broke the law. I mean, everybody thinks of Bathsheba and think, oh, my gosh, she broke the law. But think about it. Who called for her? The king. And what was he doing out there? It was like, I believe it was either, I think it was springtime, and he should have been at war. What was he doing? He was in his bed. He was restless. And he got, he's like, I'm going to go for a walk outside. And he happened to see her. He called for her. Are you supposed to say no to the king? Okay, I know Bathsheba is not on trial here. I love watching, you know, these things where, you know, crime shows or whatever, where they go and there's, there's evidence and, you know. Well, there's not any in the Bible. It just says she was bathing, and usually when you bathe, you're naked. And um, I don't know why she, she chose, maybe it was hot, and she just wanted to bathe outside. She wasn't by herself. Her, her handmaiden was there. And, and anyway, he calls for her. And it's not a good story. Actually, it's a very, it's, it's, it's not a good story. Um, she, she, she's, she's married, by the way. He's married. He's got like a thousand wives because <laughs> he's the king. And he's got a lot of children, a lot of kids. And um, her husband is at, at war. Her husband loved her very much, and she loved him, and she was young. She was very young. She was very beautiful, and that's what David said. She was very beautiful, so he, he wanted her, and of course, the Bible says that you can't say no to a king, but I don't know if she intended for him to see her. Bottom line, they slept together. Well, she gets pregnant. She'd never been able to have a children when she was married to Uriah, and so they've got a scheme. Now, was she a part of that scheme? I don't know. That's not for me to say whether she was a part of that scheme or not or whether she could have said no to him, but she did get pregnant. And so they've got to come up with something, right? 
So King David calls for, he sends his, and, and you, granted, he, he sends his guards or guys or whatever to go and get her. So do, do the guys talk amongst each other? How many, how many of y'all know they do? Yeah. King David went over there and he, he made me go get her and she came and they were in there and, you know, they talk. So she was like, her sin was before everybody. Her family knew about it. Everybody knew about it. And so he calls for Uriah to come. Come to away from battle. And he says, I'm going to send a meal over to the house. He's been away for months. And Uriah's going to sleep with her. And so that way when she starts to show, they're going to say, oh, they're having a baby. Oh, he was home. Well, Uriah doesn't want to sleep with her because it's also against the law when you're at war, when you're on a, if you're a warrior, while your other comrades are at war, for you to come home and have pleasure in sleeping with your wife. So he wasn't going to do that. He's like, I'm not, no. He doesn't say it. It doesn't say that he says it, but that is the, that's like law. So if he, if he would have done it and they would have found out she was pregnant and so he would have been the ridicule one. Oh, Uriah, he couldn't even control himself. He, you know, King David brought him and look what he's done. He got his wife pregnant. So they have to figure something else out because he won't. And Uriah was faithful. He loved David like his brother. He'd served him. Well, it says that, the Bible does say that David had to come up with something. So he sent word, because Uriah didn't sleep with, his, with Bathsheba. He slept with the other guys in the court. And he goes back out, and David sends word and says to the man in charge, which was her grandfather, put him at the very front where they're fighting. He put a death sentence on him, and he died. He died, and Bathsheba gets called back into the, into the palace, and she marries him. I want you to listen to what she hears over and over in her head. This is what she remembers, and this is a quote from the book. While she's in there, She's ridiculed. All the other wives know about her. They hate her. Even the kids hate her. Everybody hates her. And this is a quote from the book. It says, She remembers her mother's angry, embittered words flung in prophetic curse on her head. You brought shame upon my household, her mother said. You fool. How many have died because of you? It will be on your head. People will spit on the ground when you pass by. They will curse the day of your birth. You are cursed among women. Your name will be a byword for adulteress. Your name will be unspoken as long as I live. I want you to think about the journey that she had to go through to figure out her worth, because somewhere she had to figure out her worth. 
because she raised King Solomon. She raised King Solomon. My mouth hit the, I mean, it was like, <laughs> what? That's King Solomon's mom? Yeah. What was the journey that she had to travel to get to the place where she could see her worth and know that God loved her? She had to have repented. In fact, she did because there's, I mean, we know she did. You think about it. Because she raised her son to take over the kingdom, to take over. And, and he's the one that built the temple. King Solomon was. He was known to be wisest. Hello, read Proverbs. And every time I, 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 I think I was telling Tanya, I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, what? And nobody ever remembers David. You know, because David was a man after God's own heart. Hello? He wrote all the Psalms, and the Psalms were amazing. And yes, he did. And he did repent. And we see that in, in the Psalms where he repents. But how come, <laughs> I don't know. And it's, an, it's not a, a man-hater thing that I'm about to say. <laughs> but why is it okay for a man to do that, and he can repent, and it'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, but when a woman does it, it's like, oh, you're trash. Yeah, you're like scum. Exactly. But you know what? A lot of it has to do with how we see ourselves as well. And I was praying about this and thinking about this. And you know, I told you all on Sunday, this was Oral Roberts' heart. God spoke to him about this book, this book, about... Um, women discovering their worth, not just because he loved his wife and he knew how amazing she was and, and how she was everything to him. He said, I could never be as amazing as her. I could, I mean, as important is what he said. My life could never be as important as Evelyn's because she was the one who encouraged him. She was the one that was there for him. And, and helped him to accomplish what God had called him to accomplish. Women, you, you're a mighty force because of God on the inside of you. And when God told me, I need them to see their worth, I need them to be free, and I thought about what a free child does, they are happy. Are they not happy? Some of y'all have little girls. They twirl. They sing. And you know what? Oral knew. He says, he, there's a quote in here in the book, and he says, women, I see women, when they figure out their worth and their value, they will set the stage. They will set the atmosphere for what Jesus prayed to the Father, which was, let um, what is done in heaven be done on earth. Okay? What is done in heaven? There's rejoicing, there's healing, there's wholeness, there's, I mean, everything, right? So we set the stage for heaven to come on earth. We set the stage. We, women. If you think about it, can you imagine if a bunch of women were just happy and joyous and singing all the time? What, what, would, the, what would the media say? A bunch of crazies. What's wrong with them? 
Oh, but you can protest as a woman and be angry about not having the right to kill your baby. And they don't call that crazy. But if you're happy and you're joyful and you're not depressed and you're loving your spouse and you're loving your family and you're singing all the time, how many of y'all know the world's going to go? She's nuts. We got we to gotta put her away. It's the truth, though. Talk about unconventional. But God wants us free. He sent his son Jesus so that we would be free. Amen? We have to know that. We have to know our worth. And I know that that's something that's really hard for us to understand. Um, but at some point, listen to this. Bathsheba had to stop seeing herself as that woman in the mirror. How many of you all ever look at yourself and go, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't need to re- rehearse what everybody else said about us. We say bad stuff about ourselves. We, yeah, our worst enemy. Exactly. But at some point, she had to stop seeing herself as that woman. In the book, it's called That Gossiped Girl, the girl that everybody gossiped about. How long did they gossip about her? Everybody, all the other wives hated her. But you know what the Bible does say is David loved her. He loved her. And she had to get to the point where what mattered to God mattered to her, and the kingdom is what mattered to her. Okay? God's name mattered to her. His reputation mattered to her. And at some point, David was messing up. I I can't think of another word. But she was there for him, and she encouraged him and prayed for him. And when he started to get older, and, you know, there were other sons in line to be king. But because she knew her worth, because she stopped seeing herself as that girl, that gossip girl, she started to see herself through the eyes of God. She started to see herself as the future person that God desired her to be, a godly wife, a godly mother. She became the framework for Proverbs 31. We can only, it's, I, I wrote down, only we can change the focus on the lens of our lives and see ourselves with a hope in the future, which is about what the Bible says. Um, the Bible does say that she was the one who gave David advice and told him that the son that he was going to choose to be king, that was the, the one that was supposed to be king, hated him and was, was going to drive the kingdom down. He hated God. She knew. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you're stuck on seeing how horrible you are and you see yourself through the lens of your past, you can't see what God wants to do. And it's not always just about you. In fact, it's not about you. Our lives, we've been saved. God saved us from ourselves. That's what 2 Corinthians says. He, saved, he came to save us to and from ourselves. We now live for him. And she, everything, nothing else mattered but 
the kingdom and God. And she raised her sons loving God. She raised Solomon. I'm like, I'm still shocked. Um, I love this. My prayers, Lindsay writes in the book, is that the next time you look in the mirror, you can see heaven's precious reflection of you. You will see yourself beginning to become the new Bathsheba, the awesome Bathsheba, the Proverbs 31 Bathsheba, the woman of worth and value God sees when he looks at you. It's about what God sees when he looks at you. Um, I wrote down about Bathsheba. She was persistent, and she persevered through. I mean, how many of y'all have ever been bullied by a bunch of girls? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's like the worst. And you're in the kingdom. I mean, you're, you're living in a palace, and they're all, like, talking about you, and you can't even go out to you know, to the garden and it's like close all the shades and no, at some point she had to hold her, her head. I go, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. But she had her eyes open and she had her ears open and she was persistent. She was persistent and she was bold in, in her encouragement and what, how she loved her husband. She was a, a godly wife and a godly mother. Um, it's so cool. I got this today. Was it today? Was it today? No, it was yesterday. All the days run together. So sorry. Um, we all know she was Bathsheba was a whole lot of wrong trying to get to the right place, but only God. Tonight is about the scripture in Proverbs 31 that says, Are y'all there? Verse 10, it says, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Say, that's me. That's me. It's you, a virtuous woman, a virtuous, that, that you have virtues. You do the right thing, and people can count on you. Who is he who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels, and her value is far above rubies or pearls. Jenny sent this to me. She, it says, I stumbled onto this early this morning, and I was like, God's timing is perfect. And this is about pearls. You all may not know this. Did you know that an oyster that has not been wounded in any way does not produce pearls? I didn't know that. Y'all are so smart. A pearl is a healed wound. Pearls are a product of pain the result of a foreign or unwanted substance entering the oyster. Not his fault. Maybe some of it is his fault. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. A pearl is a healed wound. And so, usually it's a grain of sand or a parasite. So the inside of an oyster shell is a shiny substance called nacre. When a grain of sand enters, the nacre cells go to work and cover the grain of sand in layers and more layers to protect the defenseless body from the oyster. And as a result, a beautiful pearl is formed. I have my pearls on. The more pearls, the more valuable. God never allows pain without a purpose. What if your greatest ministry to others comes out of your greatest hurt or deepest wounds? I think of Bathsheba's ministry. Her ministry was 
her husband. Her ministry was her son, her family. Her ministry was glorifying God. The hardest things we may be going through now are really nothing in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in us later. That's from Romans 8, 17 through 18. Perseverance, I want you all to think about this, which means being persistent despite difficulty. That's not a fun word to say, perseverance. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, I don't want to persevere. But that's what persevere means. Despite difficulty and endurance, they're not just the ability to bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory. Pearls and rubies. And it made me think of Bathsheba, the woman who received unlimited grace. Pearls are also a natural product, difficult to harvest, and it takes several years to form. They're very rare and highly sought after. Now, I want you all to think about the ruby. It's red and bold and brilliant, but in the world, with so many beautiful jewels, I want you all to know that this ruby is considered the king of precious gemstones. And you'll never guess why. Because of its durability. And God says we're more precious than a pearl or a ruby. Outward beauty is not the only aspect that makes the ruby extremely popular. It's because it's exceptionally tough. The ruby is in a class all of its own. <laughs> the ruby for much of human history has been the most prized gemstone. The Bible compares the price of wisdom to the price of rubies. Ruby is the most precious of all gemstones. It's called the king. In the Bible, only wisdom and virtuous women are more precious than rubies. We're tougher than rubies. We're rarer. Amen? Even diamonds are considered common in comparison to the ruby. Isn't that wild? I love that. Proverbs 31.10. Oh, listen to this. It's worn on the crowns and helmets of kings because... It's symbolic of passion, protection, and prosperity. Isn't that interesting? <coughs> if y'all know me, I like P words. So, woohoo! That's it. It's symbolic of passion, protection, and prosperity. Worn on the crowns and helmets of kings, rubies were a royal insignia believed to protect the wearer from injury and keep him safe and healthy. Amen. And he says that we are more precious. Now, one of the things that Oral Roberts told Lindsay, um, they went through a lot. I'll, if you all know anything about Oral Roberts, he was an, an amazing um, evangelist, healed thousands, if not millions, I don't know. Um, I used to watch him when I was a little girl. <laughs> so to be up here and quoting him and teaching out of Lindsay Roberts' book is so humbling. Um, I used to watch him because there was nothing else on Sunday. <laughs> As a little girl, we had three channels, and my dad would go and sit me in front of the television. Okay, there you go, and put on Oral Roberts. And so, but that got inside of me. But he, you know, he was healed when he was 17 years old from tuberculosis. He was very sick. And when God healed him through another healing evangelist, he knew that every breath after that was supernatural. And that's what caused him to be so intense and so passionate about what God called him to do. Because what he said was, 
there's, there could be another 17-year-old out there with tuberculosis that will die. But see, I know the healer, so I have to tell others. Ladies, you know who restores us. You know that God is the only one that can restore us, redeem us. Amen? And there's other women out there that need to know that. They don't need to be depressed. They don't need to live under the lies of the past anymore. There's a God who forgives. There's a God who restores. Amen? Amen. Um, they were going through a hard time. There was a lot of controversy. Um, Lindsay Roberts lost a baby, her first baby, um, about he was only, I want to say, a few days old. Somebody else may know this. And so there was a lot of controversy after that. People were like, oh, my gosh, he can heal all these people. He's such a fake, and he can't even heal his grandson. And, I mean, people at the funeral, there were so many people just there to laugh and to ridicule them. And all Lindsay wanted to do was, I mean, literally die. She didn't want her face to be seen again, ever. And Oral told her, he said, stop being wounded. You can go through this. You can get through this with God. You're going to get through this, but you've got to stop being wounded. See, we wound ourselves when we remember. When we remember what we did or what somebody else did to us, our mistakes. We've all made mistakes, and guess what? You're, gonna, you're, you're just going to make them. What do we do? We get up. We do it again. We get up. We get up. He forgives us. We're repentant. We have a repentant heart. We keep a pure heart, a heart that he can work through, and we forgive others. Um, so I say that to say we don't need to wound others either. We don't need to remind them either. Um, I'm going to just talk for just a few more minutes and then we're going to pray. I love to read. Several years ago, gosh, I don't even remember, years ago, probably like 12 or 13 years ago, I was driving in the car, and actually my niece Chelsea was in the car with me, and we were on that curb in Crowley, and I was thinking about another book to buy, or not buy, to read. And so I heard, and see, I don't hear the Holy Spirit like this all the time, but I heard the Holy Spirit say, turn here, go to the library. And I'm like, oh, good, there's a book there he wants me to read. And I'm walking through, and some of y'all, some of y'all have probably heard this story, but I'm telling you, God's had me on a journey. <laughs> a journey to discovering my worth. Um, and I, there was a book standing up, you know how they display them, and it was called The Nine Golf Lessons. I'm not sporty. Y'all know that. Nobody picked me for sports, ever. I don't know anything about golf. I don't want to know anything about golf. I didn't care. But God said, that's the book. And I'm like, The Nine Golf Lessons? And I, I heard him on the inside. I mean, like, I heard him. I knew that that was the book. Well, I read that book, and it was a fiction book, and, um, but it did have golf lessons in it. Um, it was about a mulligan. I'd never heard of mulligan. Do y'all know what a mulligan is? Who doesn't know? Come on, with me, don't know. Ah! 
mulligan. It's a do-over. You can call a mulligan. And it's like everything that you did before that, erased. Don't even remember it. It's a do-over. It is a do-over. And I know that God, y'all know that God says he forgives us. But do y'all know that he, you, he says he forgets? Do you know that you too can forget? You can. I'll show you. If we have time, I'm going to be here all night. I'll show you all over the place where it says. You can. You can forget. You don't bring it up again. You ask God to help you to forget. I mean, you don't want to be that person who writes down every time somebody did something bad to you. I've known ladies who have done that. They would take a piece of paper. Let me get this paper because she said that she didn't even look at me. I'm going to write it down because I don't want to forget. There was the lady who would do that. On every little piece of paper, on, on paper cups, on paper plates, she had them all stacked around her. She died miserably because she said, I don't want to forget who made me mad. I want to always remember. Oh, she, she didn't look at me. I'm going to write it down. That's miserable. It makes me think of Joseph. I mean, think about Joseph. His bro- I've said this before. Y'all have heard me, but his brothers hated him. They, they wanted to kill him. They sold him. That's a story. You know, and he named his first son. He named his first son Manasseh, which means the Lord causes me to forget the transgressions of my father's household. I love that. I love that. I've known that for, for years at least 30 years or more because I've never forgotten that because, I mean, you think about your firstborn. You say his name all the time, don't you? Yeah, or her name. You say their name, you think their name. You say their name, you think their name constantly, right? That's, and so every time he thought of his firstborn's name, he remembered, God causes me to forget the transgressions of my father's household. Now, does it mean that the hurt went away? Does it mean that he really forgot? No, but he, he, he saw God, and God, he, he gave it to God every time. He remembered, God, you caused me to forget. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt anymore. I trust you. I trust you. How do you stop being wounded? You've got to confess the word. You've got to speak the word. You've got to go to the word and say, God, you caused me to forget. God, you, you've forgiven me. You've made me whole. The Bible says that he makes all things new. New life. I have new life. That, that, in, in fact, in the Bible, it's either in Psalms or in Proverbs, one of those guys, father, son, said, you'll look at your past or you'll start to think of your past and it'll be like if you were dreaming. You're like, who in the world was that person? That's what it'll be like. It will no longer hurt. It will no longer, you won't look in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, I'm that girl. Amen? And we don't do it for others. We don't remind them what God has already forgotten. Amen? We're women that have the kindness, it also says. Where is it? Where is it? It talks about the law of her mouth is kindness, the law. (laughs) Um, You open your mouth and judge rightly. 
Hallelujah. She opens her mouth. It's verse 26. Sorry. Proverbs 31, 26. Listen to this. She opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. Kindness. That is mercy. Mercy. If you've received God's mercy, oh my goodness. It's like that song that we sang. If you experienced God's love and his mercy, it, it would have wrecked you. You would not be the same. And that's exactly what she says. If you knew God's love, you'd not be the same. You're going to love differently. Grace given, grace. Grace received, grace given. Mercy received, mercy given. Amen. Amen. Y'all stand with me. Stand as I'm standing. I wrote this down. Free women don't have sinking ducks. Did you hear me? Free women don't have sinking ducks. Last month, I was at an airport waiting for an airplane for eight hours. And so we got to sit on the floor and talk to some people from Canada. And the Lord reminded me of this today, so I wrote it down. They had a duck. They had bought a baby duck. It's springtime. You buy ducks and you buy rabbits. She had bought it for her grandkids or her children. Anyway, they never stuck the duck in water. Never! Since the time the the duck was a little baby and it grew, they never stuck it in water. I don't know what it lived in, but it never got in water. So when they got ready to get rid of the duck, they took it to a farm and they tried to put it in the little pool or the little pond that they had where all the other little ducks were. Talk about unconventional. The duck sank. It did not know how to float or how to swim. I know. He had to learn. He didn't have a mama duck teach him. Free women don't have sinking ducks. We're going to teach our children to float. We're going to teach our children to fly. We're going to teach our children to be free. Amen. Amen. They will know God's word. They will say God's word. They will do God's word. And they will fly. They're not going to be a sinking duck or a sitting duck. Either one. (laughs) As we sing this song, um, I want y'all to just praise him. I want y'all to act like you're free. If you haven't repented for something in the past, now's the time. Repent. He's faithful to forgive. He loves us. Get free. Get free tonight. Don't leave the same. And then free others. Amen. That's our mandate. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm really loud by myself, so isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Pastor Annette, for just the wonderful word today. We are valuable women, and we're valuable to each other. And that's what I'm going to talk to you a little bit about. Do you guys feel free to sit? And we're going to do a, don't detach. (laughs) We're just going to.
You know I had to do that. <laughs> okay. So just, you know, in the same vein of just what Pastor Annette was saying, that the why is so important. Why are we here? Why, why are we doing what we're doing? The women's ministry, the Bible studies, is to make connections with each other, to build those relationships. I was listening recently to a lady who was sharing that a lot of women have a false sense of connection right now because we have the social media, Instagram, for the younger ones, I think you guys have like be real. So everybody thinks, oh, I have 2,000 friends, I have connections. Until life happens, then you realize you don't have connections, you don't have friends, you don't have people that can stand in your corner, pour into your purpose, tell you, remind you in those moments that God loves you. You have a destiny, you have a calling. Your pain is a pearl. And we can, you know, you're strong like a ruby. You need those people in your life to tell you those things, to remind you those things. So look at each other and say, I need you, girl. <laughs> we need each other. <laughs> and I just really was just looking at verses and just, you know, just really thinking about why we're doing this. And it's just, it's, it's, we have to be intentional about our time. Just the way Pastor Justin is, we talk about the desire, the hunger. You can't just expect to, oh, it's going to happen from somewhere. No, we have to be purposeful. And to, that, to do that, um, we have like 2,000, 22,000 people coming in this neighborhood. They're going to need people that know the Lord, that know how God loves them to remind them of those things, right? And guess what? That's us. Point a teacher. That, that's me. That's me, right? And so, you know, um, we have spent, of that team, we as a team, the leadership team, we've spent a lot of time developing this long calendar of events. And it's not to keep people busy, you know, because we know your mamas and we have things going on, but it's to give you an opportunity to connect, to make friendships, to to build relationships, you know, and one of the things that, you know, when we're not spiritually, emotionally, and mentally healthy, we can have great families, great community, great church, you know, and I love, I love this church, I just, I love, 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 I've been here like 20, maybe 18 years or so, but love, love this church, but if you look at everybody, we're, we're all multicultural, multi-generational, we have young, we have old, little ones, old ones, and, you know, when we have friends, we sharpen each other, but one of the ways, I, I like the way the Amplified talked about, you know, the iron sharpens iron, so it's one friend sharpen an hour, it actually says, through influence and through discussion, so if you're not hanging out and talking, how are you going to have a discussion, you know, and so a lot of the things that we've set up are for us to have fellowship, to talk, to have discussion, and then the other thing is, that really has been on my heart. I know my niece is somewhere running around. But, um, you know, it is our responsibility to train up children in the way of the Lord. And, in, and I looked at, you know, you know, we like that verse a lot. It doesn't say parents. It says train a child. So that means community. You know, it means my sister, my brother, you. They, you know, I had the awesome opportunity to spend a lot of time with my niece. We had like intentional dates every Tuesday. We'd go out, do stuff together. And I'm telling you, she poured into me and I got to pour into her. You can't pour into somebody you're not spending time with, right? And so I just really enjoyed And now we have like inside jokes. I mean, it's just really amazing. And then I dragged her to all my fellowship stuff that she helped, you know, so she even became a little helper alongside me. And she was like little, but 
that was intentional. So we have to be intentional about our connections. Um, the other thing that really is on my heart to share also about this is also in Titus 2, it talks about we more seasoned women need to pour into the other ones. And I love that we have all the young ones up to 121, you know, but we need to point to each other. We need to point to the young kids so when they're faced with world challenges, we can be able to speak into their purpose and say, no, God formed you in your mom's womb for a reason. You know, I have a son, Rafi, and <laughs> I'm calling you out, brother. No, but, but you know, sometimes, you know, you know, he's a boy, I'm not a guy, and so thank the Lord, I can't do it myself. Yeah, I have like Pastor Alex and his leadership team. They pour into his purpose. He's calling. And one of, actually, yet again, the word is always great and brilliant. And it talks about, in Proverbs 22, it talks about that, teach, the Amplified, I'm not going to read all of it, but it says, teach him to seek God's will, wisdom, and his, for his abilities and talents. So these people are speaking into his wisdom into him. They're speaking into his talents, his giftings, the way God created him. So even if maybe sometimes mama is like, oh yeah, well you have to say that you're my mom, but somebody outside of the circle of an aunt or an uncle speaking into him, it renders, you know, it'll be like, wow, it is something that they see on me. And we need to do that for the young ones who are here today. You know, we need to pour into them in that way because this, it's called building strong women. They're going to be the future women, right? But if we don't make sure they have good roots, what's, you know, and it's how we are community. You know, Brody, over there, you know, she came with us to our last women's Bible study at the shelter, which I'm going to talk to you a little bit. But it was wonderful to see her just there enjoying, listening to the word, pouring into older women and older women pouring into her. That is what it's all about, doing life together. Not only when it's good, you know, fun and free. No, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to be free. Is my hair still on? But, <laughs> hey, keeping it real. No, but, no, seriously. <laughs> but, but, no, seriously, we got to really be doing life together, you know. You know. Um, with that said, I did want to talk about our opportunities that we're going to provide you for not only outreach opportunities, but fellowship where we can point to each other. So, but to do that, I, I really want to explain some of the outreaches and what they do, so that way you're like, oh, what is that? Um, the first one we usually get involved in is Embrace Grace. How many people have heard of Embrace Grace? Okay. We have an Embrace Grace at this location, and what that is is for young girls and up to the age of like 30, um, that have an unplanned pregnancy, and we walk them through a 12-week program, and we speak into God's not forgotten your purpose, God still has a plan for you, even if you're in this situation. And then we not only sow the word into them, but then we also bless them naturally. We do a big baby shower. We have a, uh, an event where we even uh, give them our testimonies of things that we've been through. And also, we also get to have a, what they call a breaking chains night where they kind of let go of some of the hurts that they've had. So that way they can use that to now help somebody else. And now it has purpose, like a pearl. And so, um, so that's one of the outreaches. There's another one called Next Step. 
uh, pregnancy center. It's similar, but it's more, uh, they do a lot of medical things. Um, they do like sonograms, pregnancy tests. They have nurses on staff that, that walk through the whole pregnancy with the lady. They do parenting classes. Um, one of our, uh, you know, one of, I think Marty teaches a parent. I used to teach parenting classes. It's a lot of fun. And they, they take a whole family. So if you want to even, you know, step into a role with a husband, you can do that. They, they, need to, they need also men to come in because God is about families, right? So, yes, it's a women's, I'm doing it here, but doesn't mean it's just for us. You know, pour in, we, men need to be poured into as well. And so, especially when they're going through that kind of situation. Um, and then they also have even something called soul care, where we, where we get to go through the Bible with them and lead people to Christ. And, and, and they can find the answers in the Bible. So these are all opportunities that we have to pour into families. And then another one we're involved in is Family Crisis Center. And this is the one that has domestic, it's a domestic violence shelter. And, they, and they're very strategic because they're, not a lot of them will take full families. This one does. So they take a whole family together, and we get to go once a month and do a Bible study there. And the unique thing is we not only do a Bible study with the parents, there's a whole set of other women that are doing Bible study with the kids. So, you know, so yet again, that's something you can pour in your gift. Like some people maybe here have gone through something like that. And also they take people who have had sexual violence. So, you know, hey, that's something, you know, you could pour into somebody. Or even just, even if you don't know, just come and be there and learn, you know, about it. Um, and then, so now I'm going to cover some of the calendar events um, because we didn't want to keep you too long. So I'm not going to go through everything, but... We do have something every month for us to connect. And the reason why we did that was because we know not all of us can be there at every single thing, right? And so we wanted to give lots of opportunities to make connections. So once a month, you'll have something to be able to say, hey, I can go for that. And so I'm only going to highlight the first two that are most recently coming up. Uh, we have on April the 15th, should be somewhere up there. There we go. We're going to go for breakfast at the Old South Pancake House. So set your alarm clocks. Ding, ding, ding. My, my, son, my son told me to say that. <laughs> he was like, he's like, you are putting me on blast. But, no, but, um, but yeah, set your alarm clocks. We've, we'll already have gotten used to that one hour that was robbed from us. So we'll be ready, you know, to be 8 o'clock. Come. We've, we've reserved a whole room so there can fit 50 of us. So. Come, all of y'all, sign up. Um, the other one I wanted to mention is a mother and son daughter event we're going to have here. Now, you might say, I don't have a daughter, borrow one. No, 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 I'm, no for real, I don't have a daughter, but I'm going to be bringing somebody. Yet again, there's somebody I'm sure that I can pour into, right? And so be intentional, strategic. You know, even if you have a friend maybe who has two girls, she can't do everything with a girl maybe that day, you come and be the fill-in, you know. Yet again, just be more intentional about it, okay? So I'm expecting also everybody to be here for that mother-daughter date, okay? With your child or somebody else's, okay. So now, um, September. I jumped quite a few events to September, and the reason why I want to make sure to talk about Terry Seville Foy's icing event 
It's usually strategically done for like ages 13 up to or on. And so, but we're going to have it where it's on September the 1st and the 2nd. Oh, they okay. We're having, we're going to have, some of us are going to go up there and spend the night. But for those of you who maybe will not have that opportunity, we're going to have a watch party here. So we're going to have a, a way for you guys to also still connect here. And that way, yet again, the connection, that way the people who are there, the people who are here, we all heard the same thing. So there's not disconnect, right? It's like, oh, did you hear that? Be like, I did. I was at the watch party, you know? So, so be at one of those. But it will be better if you're there too. So fellowship. So... And then October, we have, oh, Joyce Myers Conference. So, yay! And usually this one is in St. Louis. This year, however, it is in San Antonio. Say, so, yeah! So, fun and free. <laughs> no, and for those of you who have gone with me, you know, it is, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> so, um, but the speakers, we got T.D. Jakes, Lisa Brevere, she is phenomenal. We've done a lot of her books here before, and she speaks into women and their purpose and just knowing their callings. And then, uh, some, then now this is not everybody who's there, but there'll be Natalie Grant there, Danny Goki, so lots and lots of great things to do. And my son said, it's going to be lit. That's what he told me to say. And apparently that means it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> So for the young ones, I know that they, you know, I had to make, I had to tailor, I had to borrow him because you know, I figured there was going to be a lot of younger, you know, kiddos here, and that I needed to speak their language too, you know. So, you know, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so plan to come. And the reason why we mentioned the Joyce Myers and and uh, Icing is because they're further out, so it'll take a little more planning on y'all's part to. Set the time, set the dates. You know, you can go on their website, look and see. You know, we're going to have uh, information uploaded on the links, and I'm going to borrow Tanya, so she's going to come tell you how to even go on the apps and do all that. Thank you. I'm so excited. We're going to have so much fun this year. And uh, it is really important when we get together. Um, one of the barriers that we want to kind of help remove is making sure you remember these dates, have them, can good, get them. And one of the things you know that I love is the Church Center app, right? So, uh, first of all, the ladies have these cards that just got here yesterday. And they have two sides, and then you all can pass these out. This helps you get the Church Center app. So on one side, it says connect to all things heritage. And this QR code, if you don't know how to use it, just ask somebody, you know, about 10 years younger than you, and they'll help you. And, uh, but it takes you to a page where you can download this app. And this is specific to our church, has only our church information on it, and it's, it's specific to you, too. So if you serve somewhere, your serving schedule is on there. It's really great. Helps you register for events. On the other side, it says become part of the Heritage Team, and this takes you to the Serve form. And the reason we put that on there is because one of the best ways to connect is to plug in somewhere and to serve. Some of the very best relationships I have are because I'm in specific departments and I serve with these people. So take that, and I want to take a second to show you how to navigate around this. And the cool thing is this service updates all the time, and they just updated a new thing to make it even easier for us to get to stuff. 
So when you open the app, you go to the home page, and across the bottom are different, giving, are different prompts. If you click on events, you get all the church events, right? But they added a new category button, and if you go to women, it shows you the soonest coming women's event, okay? If you click on full calendar, because you're a planner like me, and you do more than like two things in your life, and you need to get things on the calendar ahead of time, if you go to all categories and click on Heritage Women, it brings up only Heritage Women events for this year. So you can go through and say, I want to make sure I hit that fellowship breakfast. It brings up the information about it, and you can even bookmark it, saying, I want to make sure I don't miss that. Okay? Where that bookmark goes is in my schedule. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> so then I'm very easily entertained, okay? Um, I go down to April, and I just now bookmarked it, and it shows I have this breakfast bookmarked. So I can remember to take that day off work and make sure I'm available to go and be part of that. Um, is that what you want me to share? So, huh? Oh, yes, serving. So that was the other side of the card. So many of you do serve, but we want to give you an opportunity because I can tell you, like, finding your true worth and finding out who you are has a lot to do with plugging into the house of God has a lot to do with it. And one of the easiest ways is to serve. So we put up these beautiful slides to show you who you can connect with if you're not serving somewhere. So I'm going to just take a second to go through them. So Marty Galbraith covers our helps departments. There's 12 helps departments. Helps departments are the people who do all of the things that help the anointing flow on a Sunday or a Wednesday. That's your ushers, your greeters, your parking lot people, your bookstore, all of the hands that make it possible for you to enjoy and receive service. She oversees that team. So if you're interested in any of those teams, she is the expert. She understands all the things going on there. Callie covers our bookstore. So if you're interested in helping people find products, find uh, resources that will help them grow, talk to her because she could for sure use a couple hands. You all know Betty, you see her every time you come in. She covers our, our greeters and they do a wonderful job. So if you have that smiley personality, then she would love to have you. Tony Jordan covers our ushers and it is not a men's job only. So if you're good at seeing things and helping people find seats, that's an important one too. Oh, that's me. I cover the welcome team. We get to meet the first-time visitors. So if you have a heart to help someone feel at home, when someone comes in super nerve-wracking to come your first time, and we want to take that barrier away. So if you're interested in being on that team, of course we'll have you. Shex, she's amazing. She helped prepare the food. She does the kitchen team. So any event we do, um, picnic, banquet, there's always, if there's food involved, Shex is involved. And if you're good at that kind of display and that kind of help and being behind the scenes, she's the one to see. Terry Cable, she does our green room. And the green room are the people that help with preparing to help the pastors be ready to deliver the message. So that's an important one. Mark Hurst, he helps with the parking lot. He waves at you. Um, I just heard a testimony that someone got in his golf cart and was coming to the front and by the time they were hurting. I mean, we've all come to church sometimes when you're just like, 
I just need to get to the house of God, and that was this person. And he just said a simple, you know, I'll be praying for you and send them in, and that changed their whole trajectory of their Sunday they received. It was really neat to hear. So every, as soon as you come on the parking lot, you're getting prayed for. Um, Lynn Parker, she <laughs> does lots of things here, but she covers the kids' greeters. So if you have children, she helps you get checked in, and she also covers our train. So in the spring and summer, you'll see our train running around. So that always needs extra people just to help those little kids not get run over. So if you're good with safety, you should see her. And then Jenny Muchai, you know her. She obviously covers all of the women's team. So that's a beautiful thing. Aaliyah helps with altar care. That's the people that if you get touched by the spirit, they make sure you have a tissue and they make sure you're covered well if you fall down. So Aaliyah Leonard sees that team. And then Brad Galbraith, that's Marty's husband, he has stepped in to help with technical things on the audiovisual side. So he helps make the services look and sound beautiful. So if you are technically thinking of those things, if you, I know we have people in here that do cameras, it's a valuable position. So it all matters, right? Every piece matters. And then here's our beautiful staff. If you're interested in worship team, of course, you know Danny. He will love to talk to you, especially if you play an instrument. I know that that's important. And then I'm doing, this is Nikki, and she's our Connect pastor. So she's overseas, all helps, all Connect classes, um, the communications team. And she would have been doing this job, but she just got off the airplane. So see her if you're interested in those things. Joseph LeMay does outreach, and that's any outreach. And, of course, Jenny comes under her, her him for the outreach is here. So if you're interested in doing those things, that's super important. Eric Deaton does international. He gets to travel and brings back reports and helps us stay connected to the world at large for outreach. Of course, our wonderful senior pastors, Justin and Ned, and Pastor Phil and Diane, they cover our care teams. So that's Thrive Groups. That's the softball team. That's the Restore group that meets anything that provides pastoral care weddings, funerals, those kind of things. And I'll tell you, they could also use support also. So if you're administrative or you have a heart for those things, those are all of the people you can, can I think that's, is that all of them? Oh, kids, my favorite. So you all know Pastor Hannah, if you drop off kids, always there's a need to pour into the next generation with Pastor Hannah, Pastor Troy, and Pastor Alex and Azanel. So if you have a heart, even if it's a small thing, there's nothing small in the kingdom of God. Taking the trash out has kingdom significance when you do it in the house. Yes. I did, but I'll say her again because she's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so those are all our departments. Become part of the Heritage Team is your cue to do that and to sign that. It has all the departments on there. If there's an area of interest in, I will answer any questions I can. But I think that's all the things that I was supposed to say. All right. All right, we're going to close out. I know Shex wanted me to say these other sandwiches, if you want to, right? Yeah, sandwiches. If you want to get some on the way out, right? Okay. And she ha you said you have to go boxes? And she has to go boxes. And then don't forget we need your prayer cards as well. 
So if you still have a prayer card, make sure to... Oh, yeah, that's right. Have the prayer cards. And tomorrow, Pastor Nett's podcast will be dropping. Boom! So make sure you, you know, listen. These podcasts are just phenomenal. It's like one of those you just like, you can't wait to hear the next one or get them back on because I need to hear the rest of that story. So they've been so good. So thank you, Tanya, for that. Um, let's go ahead and pray, and then don't forget to get something to eat on the way out. And then I'll see you guys at the Old South Pancake House in Burleson. Okay. All right. We just thank you, Father, today for your word that you brought us. We know that we have so much worth in you, Lord. Just as rubies and pearls, Father, thank you for that reminder that we will go change to different, influencing our circle at home, influencing the people that you've put in our midst, in our area that we're supposed to pour into, Father. Help us remember what we've learned today and pour that into others who are hurting, Father. I thank you, Father, because you created us for a purpose, with a purpose. And we are just so delighted to step into the callings that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.